I mean, if you look at the career perspective, I would say if you want to break into tech sales, for example, I wouldn't re recommend remote work in the beginning, specifically because it's easier just to learn in an office, uh, so to say, and try to join maybe one of the big organizations like Microsoft or Salesforce or LinkedIn. Welcome to My Way, the podcast where we shape our path in business and life. I'm your host, Ivan, former pro athlete and physiotherapist turned product marketer. Whether you're looking to inspire change, drive growth, or simply find your way, you are in the right place. Welcome aboard. Tillman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. Where, where are you based at the moment? So at the moment, I'm in Cape Town, South Africa. So it's where I usually spend my summers. So, so, but I said our winters in Europe. And, uh, and usually I live in uh, Portugal, Lisbon. Amazing. So let's start by digging into a little bit more about yourself. You have a fascinating professional background uh, from leading BDR teams to advocating remote work and uh, hosting podcasts as well. Could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey, and what drives your passion in these areas? Yeah, for, uh, for sure. So I've been, um, yeah, if I look back, I've been always had like an international life. So I've studied in Holland, Colombia, Spain, Barcelona, and afterwards in Sweden. So I moved a lot around doing my studies, uh, so to say. And then I started uh, at some point saying, look, I want to live by the beach. I want to keep moving. So I need a remote job. And so that's how I kind of also slipped into sales. So first slipped into sales, of course, and then moved that into remote setting. And uh, and yeah, so also during these times, um, I met a lot of international people. So that makes also my friend group um, all over the world, so to say. And so also my uh, last 13 years, I've just been moving around a lot and spending this time. On a professional note, so I've been yeah, in software sales for the last seven, to, uh, seven eight years. Um, just a normal route from from the bottom to the top, well, not top, top, but from the bottom up, so to say. So I started as a so-called account executive, uh, where basically, yeah, was like a business developer that was closing deals and also afterwards to, uh, taking care of them. And then moved more into specialized role, which is the business development roles, uh, where we basically, in the software industry, focus mostly on dividing the part of uh, new business so opening new opportunities and then passing them over to the next team and so currently i'm joined a company called workflex the last uh, two weeks ago actually uh, where the bdr team leads and we're building let's say the emia team uh, and where we want to yeah conquer the world so to say and uh, make it uh, possible for everybody to work remotely on a compliance level and that's this aspect at this moment and maybe to the other topics we're surely we're going to get more in depth into it uh, i've been yeah i'm, I'm co-hosting another podcast for the artist circus um, which is like a learning or like a software people's uh, community so to say uh, in the european area where we just uh, try to exchange ideas on on sales on on revenue topics so to say so we have like a very specialized podcast there and um and yeah, that's about it. Thanks for the introduction. And I'll definitely ask more questions about it. But just to get a, a snippet about uh, finding yourself, uh, you know, hosting uh, this Revenue Circus podcast that puts you at the center of Europe sales 
customer success communities. How did you find yourself there? Yeah, it's quite a funny story, actually. So it, was, it came all together through um, starting to post on LinkedIn. So around one or two years ago, I started to post a bit more on LinkedIn to share my journey on being a remote a remote, remote person working in software sales, so to say. And um, I had a lot of, com I tried in the beginning to just have coffee chats, basically connect with a lot of people. And then afterwards started to post about my day-to-day -day life two, three times a week. And through this, I met Dom, which is the Dom Dominic Klingberg, who's the uh, owner and CEO of, uh, of the Artist Circus. And they basically said, look, we want to have this podcast format. Why don't you want to help us? and become a co-host there and so that was actually the the quick way and it's been quite fun uh, so far it's a, it's a new it's a new um, challenge of course to to interview other people on very specific and deep uh, tech, tech topics so to say and uh, but it's been fun it's been good and we'll definitely dive deeper into that but uh, first things first uh, i'm curious about your BDR experience. And for the people that are not too much tech savvy, can you describe what does BDR mean? And as well, who needs a BDR team and what's the role in the sales process of the BDR team or individuals? Yeah, for sure, no problem at all. So, I mean, if you look at normal organizations or software organizations, uh, when they're quite small, they usually have they'll hire their first salespeople. So it's like a head of sales or like a, an account executive usually. And they do the so-called full cycle. So they will go from prospecting uh, over to uh, from prospecting over to closing deals and then maybe even keeping these customers happy and trying to sell more products into them. And at some point, uh, if you want to scale an organization efficiently uh, and you have enough uh, so-called uh, ARR, so like each customer brings you above, I don't know, 15 to 20,000 euros per year in, for example, then it makes sense to bring in a BDR team. And the BDR team is responsible for generating pipeline. So we basically generate, uh, reaching out to a lot of different people, uh, different companies at, at interest of the, of the given company in order to open their interest, first of all, uh, on the product and then afterwards yeah we book basically meetings uh, introductionary meetings for other teams because it's just a very very tedious work and that's also why we um it's more like a seen as a sales entrance role where you really, really learn how to cold call how to do linkedin outreach for example how to be very yeah to develop skills in order to get gain attention of people that you don't know and show them look i have a good solution for your challenges currently and um yeah it's a cool little cool little um, setting uh, specifically for new joiners so people that want to break into software sales you have to learn the basics to get there and then you can go basically afterwards to closing deals and still you always have to generate pipeline uh, as we say and i'm curious about those uh, building blocks or foundations so in your journey about uh, creating uh, bdr organizations what are the pillars or foundations where you you focus so in, in building these teams, so currently at uh, the company at Joint Workplex, we're also very fresh in this segment. So we have like, it's a company that's been two years old. We do remote work compliance setups. So if you want to be on a workation, for example, want to go to Cape Town, like be now for two months or something, you just need papers and insurances in order to make it compliant for your company. Um, and the same things also for business travel, if you want to travel uh, outside internationally, 
um, for you outside of Italy, for example, for me outside of Portugal, then I actually need papers in order to do this in a compliant way and to not get any fines. So really big companies um, like Smart or Mercedes and so on, they are interested in these solutions. And mm -hmm. so for us, it's of course um, very important to first of all define the so-called ICP, the ideal custom persona, as soon as we know that, then we also see, okay, in which channels are they available? So where, where, which kind of media they're usually consuming? How can we reach them? What kind of platforms they're using like LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And then we kind of build around that. We build like a, a playbook. This playbook tells, tells our new joiners or our team then, look, it would be good if you use like an email and in combination with a, a phone number, uh, with a phone call and a LinkedIn message, for example, in different rhythms or different uh, structures, so to say, in order to reach these people. And this is your pitching material. So that's kind of the way how you, mm -hmm. how we would like you to speak to this target audience. Also, how can you make yourself heard? How can you try to discover really their challenges, understand if it's if they have this challenge that I can actually go into the conversation or not. And so that's, yeah, the first part I'd say, so ICP, then we have the playbook. We also try to get in sort of more like the knowledge aspect. And then afterwards we just, uh, yeah, I try to uh, teach and couch my team very tightly and and just give them the, the skills they need in order to really be um, effective and also, yeah, produce basically meetings that are, that can turn into, potential new customers for the customer uh, for for our for our uh, for our company so to say so it's mm -hmm. a bit of bit of everything in a sense it's quite interesting because it's also not easy of course we're hiring at the moment a team of 18 people to the end of the year which means a lot of uh, onboarding so we have to teach a lot of people how how our way of working so to say we have to teach them what's the product about we have to keep like a quality in there because also like our brand image uh, and so on and so on so it's um Loads of loads of people management on one hand. On the other side, is also a lot of documentation, of course. It's a lot of uh, um, having the right people on board that really want to go through the roof as well, that have the same mission, mission and passion as well. And for us, in the other, other topic is also that we're fully remote. So we don't have any offices. We can travel the world the whole time. I have people working from different time zones for the German market, for example. So it's, yeah, we have, it's uh, use an async async communication style at the moment. So we do a lot of Vidyard and Loom videos, which is like small videos you just record mm -hmm. for your colleagues. And then you have conversations this way instead of just the standard meeting. So it's a bit of a, a new way for me to learn at the moment as well, but it's a super interesting because that allows me also to be to be free, basically, uh, location independent and and uh, yeah, be very flexible in my day-to-day -day work. Plus, of course, my employees or our employees have to learn that uh, in a way to use use this uh this power on one hand on the other hand also have the responsibility to deliver deliver results as it's sales in the end and it's uh, always a numbers game so to say <laughs> yeah and probably there has never been a better time to work remotely with all this um, available technology on the other hand um Still, what do you believe are the qualities that you're looking for in people to be able to rely on them remotely considering a cultural fit time zones and also their abilities to work independently without uh, the chance to meet in person in a physical office yeah i think you definitely need a very different uh, different set of uh, skills or people that you that you hire so they need to be very self-driven of course so as if we have an async setup 
we basically only connect via Zoom um, or, or Teams uh, just to chat with each other or give each other once in a while a call, so to say, but you have to be very self-driven. You have to be able to yeah, find your own solutions in a sense. Uh, you have to really want to uh, deliver results. And I don't care when you do it, basically, right? You can go during the day. If you want to go for a surf or something, then do that. But at some point, I want to see results or so we need to deliver results. And so it's a lot of like, yeah, you have to be able to, to deal with a lot of rejection, so to say, like on your own when you sit at home, for example, or like in a co-working space. Uh, and then, of course, also doing a day-to-day -day job is a lot of rejection because people most of the times don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So some resilience to bounce back from that, of course, is very important. And yeah, I guess in the end, also like the flexibility um, that you get uh, from working in this kind of setup, you need to appreciate that to some extent uh, and also just be be very, um, you have to be re yeah, reliable on, on if you say a word, if you say, look, I'm going to be there, I'm going to do this and then then I expect that it will happen. And if it doesn't happen and this is too much, then too many times it doesn't happen. So to say, then we have to have a talk basically and uh, see if that's actually the right fit for the company at this moment. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. so it's in the end, it's I think remote work is is very cool for, it's, it's a very, it's a nice setup. I've been doing it now for six years already as well. On one hand, on the other hand, it's also not for everyone as you need to bring different skill sets, need to learn how to do it um, also sustainably without, you know, getting too bored around it or without having social in real, real-time people around you, so to say. And uh, at the same time, how can you stay also very, very um, productive in a sense? Plus, of course, it's more on a personal note, how can you make a cut between working from your bedroom to having this as your private living space where you enjoy your free time, basically. So it's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, issues that can arise if you don't address them or if you don't have a system for that um, specifically if you want to stay very productive and do it for a long time well what about you touched base on uh, so many interesting topics uh, uh, and uh, now there is uh, still this trend of companies wanting to transition from physical to digital or remote uh, and for those companies uh, what do you believe they can expect in terms of main challenges and also potentially challenges that you faced in this transition and what can be potentially a good solution to this challenge? Yeah, I mean, one, um, one setup is, I think the most important, one of the most important aspects is actually to have the, the, the DNA of a remote company or you have to somehow bring the DNA of a remote company into your setup, meaning that, for example, leadership needs to kind of live this remote setup as well instead of just giving it as a as a benefit that doesn't really work usually because people just like say cool i want to do it but the manager doesn't really like it so they won't won't uh, use this benefit even though they have it available for example so that's a really big issue then of course afterwards how can you communicate do you have the right tool stack in order to facilitate remote workers and in uh, in office people so for meetings i mean you have zoom and you have teams and all these things but i mean if you have a room of six people for example, and you have like two employees joining uh, via Zoom, so Zoom or Teams, they will miss probably like 80, let's say 50% of the non-verbal communication. So how can you make sure that all these things are transported um, through everyone? And uh, and in the end, of course, uh, in a normal office, you will have coffee chats, for example, you just walk over, talk to someone, how can you really facilitate it in a remote setting? So it's actually harder than you think. It's not just, oh, I'll take your laptop, work from somewhere else. 
you will have then also the compliance aspect that, that Workflex is selling in, this, in a sense, um, but also for the internal cal uh, culture and company, it's um, you need to really go all in or like educate everyone, specifically people, as we described before, that might not have the right um, the mind uh, setup or the mind uh, the right skill set for being fully remote, uh, for example. That's going to be a tricky one as well because also you have a bit of a honey. I always call it a honeymoon effect. <laughs> Well, you basically go on holidays, you go to, I don't know, you go to Cape Town now for two weeks, for example, to work from here. You arrive and it's like, oh, I want to do everything. Uh, basically work whatever, four hours a day, get things done uh, to some extent, but not fully. And uh, because I want to lay it by the beach and go explore the beautiful nature around here. And that's just not going to work because it's just another, it should just be another day in your work life, so to say. And then you close your laptop at some point, like six, seven o'clock, whenever you're done. And... Um, then you can enjoy your free time. So it's if you don't do it for a long time, you have a lot of these honeymoon effects where you just get distracted by everything around you or you go party too much or you enjoy the nightlife and all these things. And then you just will slack off during the days. And that's where many companies then go wrong as well because they will say always then, look, it doesn't work because people don't work anymore. Say, so look, maybe it's the wrong setup. You haven't, um, they don't do it long enough. They don't have any mentors. Um, they can really follow so to say they want to do like uh, i want to work from the beach and then their laptop overheats and all these things i mean it's silly and stupid things but it's uh, in the end uh, it should be a more well thought through process than it is it seems in the beginning yeah yeah for sure um i also thought at the beginning that uh, i could you know bring my laptop anywhere and just work uh, sometimes it does but for most of the times you really need a professional set up environment that uh, supports a full working day wh wherever you are and uh, it's not always taken for granted that you can find this environment uh, everywhere you go and i'm curious also about uh, the future have you ever thought about uh, what's going to be the future of remote work what do you foresee as as the next uh, the next level so we've achieved so much after the pandemic and all of these new trends and uh, facilities for remote work. Uh, what do you believe it's the, the next step after this? I mean, one aspect is, I mean, if you look at Germany specifically, you have a bit of a trend going back, right? So a lot of people, because they're doing COVID, they had to do remote work. Now they have the ability to call everybody back. And also, I mean, big companies, they have rented a lot of offices for a long time. So of course they have to use them to not waste too much money, basically. So there's a bit of a trend actually of companies uh, rolling back and want everybody in the office maybe one two three days a week for example because it's also like bosses um, or leaders that just they only know this way for example and um, so that's kind of that's yeah it's it's back and forth a bit on other other countries of course you have a bit more remote work and it's still going to be and everybody also our generation wants to of course be uh, in a remote setting so that's of course very lucky for us and uh, i believe the future could be, I mean, specifically for the US, if you look now at the Apple, I don't know, the Apple glasses, I don't know which what they're called. I mean, that's kind of the future, I believe, that will also come to remote work that you just don't meet in person, uh, but you will have a virtual office where you basically sit at home and you can walk through this and you see, I think Facebook made it as well, also in Metaverse, mm -hmm. basically you have your, see other people's characters walk in there and, and you can just meet them in an office. And this could be, let's say, give it a few years, of course, a new way of remote work to some extent, because it gets very uh, personal. 
on one hand. I mean, it's just a different medium, basically, we meet in. On the other side, specifically also for us as a, as a road company now, we see that we will have to meet once in a while. So we meet every two months or we just came back from a Greece trip for like a week, uh, flew basically the revenue team there, 20, 25 people to just meet and yeah, enjoy each other's company and have some beers together basically and uh, some nice lunches and dinners. Um, this interpersonal connection will probably not be, also can't be handled really fully via metaverse but we don't know yet uh, what what other creepy things will come up i mean as soon as you can start feeling people through like your computer and stuff i mean then it's gonna get super weird uh, or smell people through the metaverse it's gonna be very weird as well but it's yeah it's mimicking real life and um, it might go this way but i still believe people still want to see each other and be just people in the end uh, without being fully remote all the time yeah, we're still social animals, so we can trick exactly. somehow <laughs> part of us through technology, but there's still this priming uh, need to to be next to someone uh, physically. But exactly. still having this opportunity to have the freedom that you mentioned, the flexibility, I think it opens up an infinite bunch of opportunities that were potentially not possible five to ten years ago. Exactly. I, I want to touch base on a last point because I want to hear your practical advice. So when you need to travel somewhere for, let's say, more than a week, uh, what are you looking for um, in the in the spot that you're booking? So obviously things like Wi-Fi, connectivity, quiet spaces. But other than that, now that you've been doing that for quite some time, what are your must-haves uh, when picking a new accommodation? Yeah, so basically for me, it's, I mean, I travel usually for kite surfing and surfing. So that's the last six years been kind of this main mission. So I always look where's wind available. But of course, it's a very private, uh, very personal preference. So if you take that away, so what I always look for is um, I try to, yeah, book with some friends together. So we usually get some big villa, for example, with five, six people. Um, where you have like your own rooms, so you need a bit of privacy, for example, specifically if you stay longer, like in a in a place, you just need that for. I need that at least for my for myself, and then we also have, yeah, good internet. What I most of the times check also, uh, can I get like a SIM card or something just to have backup, backup internet? Then like in Cape Town, for example, we have so-called load shedding, which is like power cuts. So then you have to understand, okay, the house we're staying, do, do they have solar panels? Do they have like a battery that you can plug in your laptop during the time? Luckily, we have solar panels here, for example, so it's all good. But then if you stay somewhere else, it can be a big problem because you just won't have, won't have power for like four or five hours. And then also your laptops run out, the internet will run out and so on and so on. So that's, that's a few things. And uh, on the other hand, yeah, I mean, as I've done it quite a long time, I I usually also look for, okay, is there good restaurants around or how can we make sure that also the evenings, the evening program can be fun. So for me, it's then kite surfing or surfing, but then on the hand also like, I don't know, what, sometimes I'm in Brazil as well. So I obviously look, can I do something new? Can I visit some dunes, for example, or some nice national parks and just have a bit of a bit of everything, but everything also like I try to, keep it as close as possible so after if you have after work like two three hours where you would mm -hmm. usually go to the gym or walk around or whatever you just do that instead and 
and then on the weekends you can explore more and have more like a holiday mode so yeah that's a few recommendations so really think about it also what you need personally what is important to you what would you have in your normal life at home um, that you need uh, and then don't make it uh, yeah don't make it something too special because in the end it's just a day of your work life so to say and then you have some cool cool aspects afterwards that you can enjoy yeah uh, besides the classic googling is there any community portal a website that uh, that you visit to get uh, recommendations from potentially other remote workers I mean, for me, as I've done it uh, like six, seven years already, so I have the kitesurfing uh, community, so to say. So we like exchange more like spots, more like things like, okay, where's a good, where's a good kite spot? What's the internet? And so on and so on. And otherwise, I would say Reddit, I guess. Depends where you go. Reddit would be a good one. You can I always text the Airbnb host to do like a speed test. So the mm-hmm. speed test website, just like, hey, plug this in. Let me know how quick your internet is, basically. It's usually quite good. And then I tell them also, let's do one, I don't know, eight in the morning and midday because like they, they can also vary quite a lot. Depends where you are. And um, yeah, otherwise just blocks, I think. So it's not, I think it's, it's uh, you can't really generically say it because it depends on the country where you go and, uh, and, and then you yeah, have a look what kind of travelers usually would find there. And then you can usually yeah, dig up something via maybe Facebook even. There might be Facebook groups. So yeah, all kind of media that that would be used to share this information. Just have a look, and uh, go with that. Yeah, sounds good. Now shifting gears a little bit, uh, let's talk about your podcast. So you touched base on how you ended up there, there, but uh, moreover, what is it about and uh, why is it relevant today? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so I'm one of the ten co-hosts there. So it's a Revenue Circus podcast. It's called. And so what we do is we interview individual contributors. So basically people that actively work in sales. So BDRs we spoke about that do like a lot of meeting bookings then account executives, they do like uh, closing. Then we try to speak to um, yeah everything uh, that is not in leadership basically in this uh, revenue organization up towards the people that do customer success. So basically once you buy a software, then you start using it. And then usually afterwards you have some person that will help you to set it up, like the onboarding team. And then you have a customer success person that will just check in with you once in a while to see if everything is fine. And so the podcast is specified for ICs. So we interview them. We speak about their best trips and tricks. It's like it's a nice format because it's just 30 minutes. And we also want to take out, so at least the people that I uh, interview, I like to always take out two to three Uh, ad hoc tips that a person that listens to it can really apply them straight ahead into their daily life. So yeah, it's been been well perceived so far. It's uh, still in the starting setup uh, and it's also supporting an event that is coming up in April, the Artist Circus event in Berlin. And it's been it's been good. It's been great. It's a good learning curve as well. And uh, every interview I do, I also learn, learn new things from it, uh, which is of course great. Can you share one lesson or one tip that really stood out from the interviews that you had so far? I mean, they're very um, technique-specific, so to say, as well. But if I look back, um, I interviewed an account executive, for example, who was moving. So he started as a, a customer as a customer success manager, so to say. So he was basically helping people 
to use a software, keep using the software, and he did some upselling where he just like tries to sell new modules into this person. For example, then he moved into like a new new business role where you basically then speak all the time to new prospects or to new people that could be interested in your in your solution, so to say. And uh, well, one one really good tip of him was to um, sometimes take a break, you know, uh, listen really carefully to your customers that you understand their needs. And only then, like, try to pitch your solution in a sense, and that's what that's a really nice, um, nice uh, point or tw- twisting point, so to say, because most people think they have to. Most salespeople, specifically, think they have to talk the whole time in order to win a deal. On the other hand, it's it's actually the other way around. You have to understand and listen more. The le- the least you speak, the better, actually, uh, in most cases. Uh, and then you basically they say yeah. that. Uh... That we have two ears and one mouth for a reason that we should listen exactly. at least twice uh, <laughs> compared to what we say. Exactly, no, hundred percent, and that's that's what was, was was a good tip. I mean, you can use it also on your on your private life in the end. You know, if you listen to someone, if you have a conversation, the person that speaks the most will feel better after the call than the other person that just uh, that speaks less. So it's it's both ways. Perfect one thing that I'm really intrigued about and I believe for myself it would be the most important uh, question for uh, for this episode what has been the impact so far for you on your professional and personal life uh, since you've started hosting a podcast I mean you you're in the beginning of uh, starting your podcast is all right so it's going to be interesting to hear feedback at uh, at some point or soon as well of course so far, not too much, actually. I mean, I see that I get more engagement on my LinkedIn posts, for example. It's more like the professional life, and you will always have uh, silent uh, LinkedIn followers, so to say. So they will recognize your face or like your logo, or I mean, you have a nice little podcast logo there as well, designed, so they will recognize it. They will recognize your voice, maybe, uh, but they won't comment on it. So you have a lot of them. Then you have a few power people. They will always comment and like and uh, do things around there, which is quite interesting to see and understand and um, and then you have people that also engage with you personally in a sense and really just say look that this and this happened so in a nutshell nothing has really changed because I think it was also like a long-term game in the end so you have to just do it provide it and then after a few years you might you might get some other opportunities but in general if I look back at uh, being more present on, on LinkedIn on a professional network so to say I've been invited to quite a few podcasts. I've spoken at some uh, some events at, the, at two specific topics. For example, now in Berlin, I will host a stage for host a stage for this uh, one event, uh, which is also quite exciting. And you just get to know get to know a lot of people through these kind of yeah virtual coffee chats that you set up before the before the before the meetings, which is very cool. And then in the end, you can always, of course, either meet them in person. Uh, so what I do try to do in, in Cape Town to meet once in a while some people in, in person that are also here that I have that I'm just friends with over LinkedIn, for example. And on the other hand, uh, you can also, of course, get business opportunities out of it. So this one, the new job I'm starting now, just came came out of my personal network and within two weeks I had a new job. So it was quite exciting and quick. So I would recommend it to everyone. Get active on LinkedIn and uh, broaden your network. Talk to people, get to know them, see if you like them. If you like them, hang out. Otherwise, move on, so to say. 
Yeah, sometimes we tend to forget that uh, we have uh, real people behind the LinkedIn profiles that like <laughs> yes, as well exactly. to interact, engage, build relationships, build business together. So it's always a, a good reminder to talk and to be more present if you want more opportunities. 100%. Yeah, 100%. How's it been for you? Like in the last, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure how long you've been on the podcast yet. What's your first learnings? So, uh, so far, the, um, the podcast has not been launched yet, uh, which means that I'm still pre-recording some episodes because I want to have a track record once uh, it's launched. Uh, I see it as a great opportunity to sit down with people like yourself, just exchange information and genuinely share what other people have to say, uh, leveraging their experiences, their mistakes, their takeaways. So for me, it's just a personal way to connect. The same way you, you mentioned that it happens on, uh, on LinkedIn, on uh, uh, networking events. I see podcasting as just a good opportunity to focus for half an hour, for an hour with a person to put the phone on mute, to genuinely ask questions and listen to answers and hopefully impact you know, other people, other careers just by sharing this content. So it just feels good to contribute somehow without any expectation at the beginning. Um, I feel that uh, in today's uh, crowded world of information, uh, focusing on quality rather than uh, quantity and on uh, topics that bring value uh, is something that uh, we need more of. So trying to contribute to that. Great, definitely. Last question until before I let you go. Um, first of all, I want to hear more about this uh, event. Where can people find uh, find out more about it? Is there a website, a link, uh, or somewhere where they can get more information? And if you can just summarize, what can they expect by joining it? Yes, of course. So it's going to be, it's called the Artist Circus event. Nothing best is just to go via my LinkedIn. So you're going to post it probably also below the episode. I will post about it on the 19th of April. And it's going to be in Berlin. And so basically it's one day of uh, individual contributors and people sharing their own stories or sales techniques as well. So there's different topics, different stages where you just go in for workshops. For example, I will do a workshop on remote work, exactly what we spoke to, spoke about it today. What's my experiences? What's my takeaways? How to stay compliant as well? So we're going to bring this kind of topic in there as well. Uh, but it's not an advertising um Uh, event it's more like really just to share and meet uh, like-minded people and then exactly what you said there's all the sales community uh emir or like most german the sales community tech sales community will meet there for yeah one of the first times so to say in person which can be great and uh, in the end there will be of course a bit of a party or like an after after event setup so yeah i think it's the easiest way to either go artistcircus.com uh, i think it should be or go via my my LinkedIn. You can, of course, ping me as well for some information. And let's hope, of course, that also this episode is <laughs> released before the before the, before the event starts, in a sense. Uh, I'm personally also not within the event. I'm just supporting one of the co uh, one of the owners uh, to host one of the stages, um, as he's been always very kind and a uh, very good man. It's the first, um, the first time doing it as well. And so it's going to be Let's see. It, I think it's going to be a great success and it's going to be the first time, as I said, to 
uh, to really see these faces behind the LinkedIn profiles and uh, all the comments and uh, and messages on on LinkedIn, so to say, which is going to be cool. And uh, we'll also add this uh, interpersonal butterfly, I was call it, um, hopefully to it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, feel free to join if you in the if you want to get into tech sales. If you're in tech sales, really cool and uh, it's going to be fun. Perfect. We'll put all the links uh, in the show note. And as we wrap up our conversation, Till, uh, what has been the best piece of advice you received or learned uh, on your journey that you'd like to pass out to the listeners, especially for the aspiring ones into sales, BDR, remote work, or podcasting? Just to learn kind of from, from really good uh, established companies. And usually have also sales trainers there, so that's uh, that helps a lot. If you join the startup, then you won't have that. And specifically in a remote work company, if that is not well set up, you will also maybe miss out on a lot of information. So I wouldn't recommend it, even though of course it's, it's nice to be remote, uh, remote available, so to say. And on the other hand, um, yeah, always try to try to follow the people that you look up to. Don't hesitate to contact them, to talk, try to talk to them, and also what. I learned only like a few years later now actually is to once you're in it and uh, you have the possibility try to maybe find yourself a mentor or someone that you can just uh, bounce off some ideas and uh, get to understand uh, what's going on and then the very last tip i think also specifically for the sales career aspect is um, don't rush you know take take your time you will have to learn the the basics the the, the sales grind the cold calling the very dirty work, so to say, in order to progress, because later on in your career, wherever you want to go, it's just going to be very needed. Specifically, also in leadership, you need to you need to know the basics. You need to teach them someone else, and if you haven't learned them, if you haven't spent enough time in it, then it's going to be very hard. And of course, you also wouldn't want that. So it's not it's not a race in the end; it's a marathon. So all step by step, and in the end, of course, you yeah, never forget your never forget your life uh, next to it, because I mean. That's, uh, that's also very important to not overwork yourself, so to say. Tilman, thank you so much. Before we let you go, where can people find you online? Yeah, so as, as mentioned before, I think the best way would be to go via my LinkedIn. So it's Tilman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N dot Horn, or without the dot, just Horn. Yeah, add me, ping me, of course, if you want to have a coffee chat, I'm always happy to to have a chat about all kind of topics, remote work or sales or kite surfing, anything. And uh, yeah, I think that's the best way. And yeah, it was great to be on the show. Thanks a lot for inviting. It was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for being here once again. Enjoy your surfing day probably at some point <laughs> in South Africa. So jealous about it and looking forward to following you online. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to follow the podcast. And if you liked it, please leave a review. Until next time, keep forging your own path.